A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick. And, sir, we are gathered hey! today! This is one of the first audio-only ones we've done of these, actually, where we are physically gathered here today. I still never get tired of saying that, though. Uh, to talk about Vince McMahon taking over NXT. Now, I will caveat this, because... Well, everything in the wrestling industry seems to change at lightning speed at the moment. Um, But at time of recording, which is Thursday afternoon, the news broke overnight, according to Brian Alvarez on the latest episode of Wrestling Observer Live, that Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are going to take over as NXT's lead producers. Vince McMahon taking over NXT effectively, Sige. Uh, lots to get into here, but first of all, your reaction when you heard or saw this news. Pissed myself. <laughs> I stopped watching professional wrestling in for a while, for a few years, in and around the year 2002, 2003. I was fed up with how rubbish Raw was. Such a, a grim contrast between when it was white hot and there were stars that you liked. The reign of terror was precisely that. And then years later, when I got back into it, I thought, he's still a dick, isn't he? He's still a total dick. He's sluggish compared to his 2000 Prime. He's not the guy who drives episodic TV. Is this must-see star. He's beating everyone. The matches are nowhere near as good. We know why. He's beating everyone as well, which just cloaks everything in total doom. You know he's got the power. You know he's got the pen. You know he's got the influence. You know that things aren't likely to get better because us fans, this is well before the TV rights era, TV rights for era as well. So it wasn't as if they could literally tell us to suck it because they, at this point, needed our pay-per-view money. They needed our uh, tickets. And they still told us to suck it because Triple H is the boy. Um, I watched this guy, honestly. Just beat up tag teams. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a baby face move. Look how cool I am. Look how, look how my big my cock is, guys. <laughs> I can beat up two guys at once. And guess what? I'll do a little wink down the camera because it's funny. You would do it as a heel to get you back. Like, just everything you read about Triple H is true. Unless you're a Triple H fan. 
At which point, sucks to be you right now. <laughs> because your hero's absolutely in the mud. But everything you read and remember about Triple H during that time is true. And every now and then, for whatever reason, in the context of doing your work and researching an article, or, you know, if you just watch wrestling, you'll go on Twitter or R Squared Circle and someone will clip, I remember this forgotten horrible Triple H moment and you're thinking, oh my God, karma might actually be real after all. But that's my subjective opinion. Objectively, I've long held the following opinion, and God damn it, I'm precise. I said all along, Triple H was a fantastic booker in tandem with Dusty Rhodes during the early onset of Mm -hmm. NXT. It really was wonderful. It was feel-good. They told really nice pro wrestling stories. They embraced the range of professional wrestling with Southern-style tags, women's pro wrestling, uh, the -the state-of-the-art indie scene. It was a magical time, I'll remember fondly. In the years since, they decided to just ruthlessly chase critical acclaim. I believe the reason for that, and this is just a personal opinion, is that they saw the buzz from New Japan Pro Wrestling, how wonderful the wrestling was, um, how greatest of all time tier level it was. And I think they thought to thwart the buzz that was really rapidly growing, let's just put on banger matches. Let's get the hottest indie stars Ricochet, Tommy End, the list goes on, and just Gargano champ. I put them in bangers, mm-hmm. bangers, bangers. And then eventually it just became an empty banger facilitator. And I've always said, a very good takeover is significantly easier to book than a 7 out of 10 dynamite. Because even with a 7 out of 10 dynamite, you're really trying to tell intricate stories. Um, you're trying to do a range of pro wrestling it's just really hard to do episodic stuff that is the epicenter of pro wrestling conversation week to week to week to week, where realistically there was a lot of performative enjoyment of NXT going on, in my opinion, because as much as everyone raved about a takeover, and rightfully so, the very best takeovers are some of the very best pro wrestling shows ever promoted. That buzz was lacking the other 50 weeks of the year. It legitimately was. Well, like I used to say, when I sort of came into what culture got to know you and Hamlet, for example, and you were, you know, buzzing still about NXT. Maybe the bloom was slightly off the rose by the time I got there in like 2017, I want to say. Um, but I was getting into NXT because of all the buzz about it. But it wasn't like I watched a takeover. I'd always say, and you made you you, you two would take the mickey at me, because I'd always say, God, what a great takeover that was. I really should start watching NXT like week to week to get informed. But I don't really need to, because they do these video packages. They tell me what's happening. And then I watch the match and I go, well, that was a five-star classic. And then I go, right, see so you in four months or whatever it is. It's exactly the point you're making. Yeah, the whole episodic week-to-week white-hot angles, incendiary promos just wasn't part of the package. So for me, when I heard this news, it was just, it has failed as it was sort of the, the ugly secret the open secret was that not many people watched NXT on the network as a TV show. You it's were telling the, me about Table for Three beating it. Yeah, Dave Belter reports on the top 10 ranked network shows, or at least he used to when NXT was on it. And not infrequently, Table for Three used to beat NXT. <laughs> it just, it was the format of the show. It was a quasi-developmental show that front-loaded the takeovers and half of the programs with, like, great wrestling. And... It just wasn't a great episodic TV show past its 2014 to 15 peak. And the ultimate 
reductive TLDR take on this latest, quite incredible chapter of the Vince McMahon versus Triple H power struggle, to me, it's inevitable. It failed on TV. Vince McMahon doesn't want to have a failed TV program under his purview, unless it's literally under his purview and he can attempt to salvage it. We'll talk more yes. about Vince's uh, plans, let's say, or suspected plans for, for NXT in a few minutes, of course. But one question I've got to ask you, especially if you've gone on that, you know, tirade about about Paul, is genuinely, and um, you might not have an answer for me I, here. I don't think I do. What is Triple H's future? Because you, you always said, like, this is his thing. And it's the way he's... I remember doing a, um, an editorial a long time ago, actually, uh, that you'd written about how he's going to try and parlay that into, you know, taking over the reins whenever things change at the top of WWE, let's just say. Yes. Now, I mean... Bruce Pritchard's Terrorizing is all elite? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard, at this moment in time, is in... Say the thing happens that we don't want to will into existence, and God damn it, like I don't want it to happen for Christ's sake. Say that happens, and you know what I'm talking about. At this point in time, if you're a shareholder, you're thinking, right, get Bruce in as a temporary thing before we sort all of this out with some kind of long-term plan. There's no succession plan. There's a plan for Raw, and it's on Monday. There's probably yeah. no business continuity plan or succession plan. At this moment in time, if you're a shareholder, you're thinking, right, I will take the guy who's overseeing... Raw and SmackDown, which generally is doing quite favorable viewership. The assistant manager taking over the reins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something happens like to the real manager. John Carver. Yeah. John Carver is a good parallel with um, Bruce Pritchard because they're two of my least favorite human beings ever. (laughs) John Carver, for the uninitiated, was just this totally deluded Newcastle head coach. Oh, my God. It was the worst period in my lifetime as a Newcastle United supporter and think of the goddamn ground that covers. In answer to your question, I do not know where this leaves Triple H. It is wild. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think this through, so bear with me. He's spent his entire adult life with one ruthlessly ambitious eye glanced towards the throne of WWE. Serendipitously... He got one foot on it, or he could kneel next to it because he fell in love with Stephanie McMahon. So that helped. Yes. I mean, it, it's a byproduct. Yeah. It's a nice byproduct yeah. of the marriage, of course, but it helped. And um, he just started to get powers over his own booking persona. He started to get real influence backstage if someone he didn't like um, was involved. Or he saw on the monitor. Ah, don't like him. Roadblock upon roadblock upon roadblock would get placed in front of that person, CM Punk, and look who's winning now. So he spent all of this time doing it, doing it, doing it. Gets executive roles. He gets the talent relations job in 2011, which he's ruthlessly seized, seized my I add, from Big Johnny Laurinaitis. Comeback of the year. I was going to say, what is he up to nowadays? It's, it's a Kenta Kabashi level comeback from Big Johnny Ace. It's absolutely spectacular. Where does this leave Triple H? What is his love, his passion, what are at this point his perceived credentials within WWE? NXT UK, failure. At least it managed to produce television shows and get a roster. NXT Japan, the culture of Japanese professional wrestling 
gave Triple H and WWE the cold shoulder, even if it weren't for the pandemic, which they will blame two shareholders of why he couldn't get off the ground. Japanese wrestling did not want a arm of WWE there. Um, the NXT mainline brand has failed under his creative vision as a genuine TV concern that they can absorb the not-great ratings from NXT. They can... It's not life or death, NXT, but at the same time, if you're a shareholder and Vince McMahon will have their interests in mind, you're thinking, oh, the guy from that NXT is going to do Raw. No, I don't know. So it's not as if he's going to... He's further away from his life's dream than every baby face he worked in 2003 was from beating him. <laughs> so I don't know what's next. This was his big transformative vision for what WWE was going to be. It was going to be a worldwide monopoly that would subsume the various local scenes and just slap a WWE banner on it, destroy all the towns, and he would reap the rewards the indie scene in America, PWG, gone. Beyond Wrestling, GCW, ROH, gone. NXT, that was the idea. It didn't quite work out like that. NXT UK was more successful in gutting the UK scene, but the top-level talent was great, but it wasn't. It didn't have anywhere near the depth of no. the American scene. People hated NXT UK because it was a more fierce loyalty to the Brit Res, quote-unquote, scene. Both scenes died. Brit Res is kind of dead right now. His entire vision, regional globalization or global localization, whatever it was called, that is completely dead and buried, untenable. That was his big grand idea. The other big grand idea, beyond global localization or whatever they called it, beyond NXT, both of which have failed, was the Performance Center. How many stars has it produced? After however many years, I'm literally thinking three when did it stop giving up on actually producing homegrown talent and putting all of the stars from the indie scene who went there for conditioning drills because they were already trained, albeit they didn't stare at the hands enough, they had a class for that, but they got indie guys from PWG. ROH isn't an indie, but for the purposes of discussion, people yes. consider it to be with its style and whatever. They had Gargano Champa, Alistair Black, Ricochet, they had them headlining takeovers. The performance center was redundant. And that was his other big investment. His this is how I this is how I win. Not really. This is how we draft the blueprints for WWE's grand future. Alright, okay. Well, it sounds like PWG's grand future and you've just paid them a few extra ten grand. Like, what's the performance center for? What are all these investments in the future for? Like creatively financially, like his entire vision. And I'm not saying there were bad visions. I'm not saying Triple a, uh, Vince McMahon himself didn't undermine those visions, but they've not worked. Mm. And Vince McMahon's hardly going to go, you know what, I shouldn't have uh, screwed up all of those guys that were promoted from your NXT. I'm sorry, Paul. He's not going to say that. <laughs> He's going to just deflect it. That's what he does. Um, can Triple H be a road agent? Cushy little job. Yeah. You can spend decades. People have. Malenko, Arn, Arn Anderson, they were in there for 20 years. Maybe Triple H can do that. 
not being funny, that sounds like a joke at this point. It isn't. Mm. That is more his reality than... Like, I've gone in two, uh, two-footed, horror tackle, Triple H on this podcast. He had a nice little idea once upon a time. He realized, people think this is rubbish. I would like to get over and look cool by making those fans think that I'm good and the savior of the rubbish stuff. So I'm going to put my ear to the ground, look at the trends. He basically did what Bischoff did in 1995. He looked at, he looked outwards, burst the WWE bubble, he looked outwards, saw what was getting over, and subsumed it into his WWE branding. Indie stars, range of action, de-emphasizing silly soap opera bollocks. And it was a nice idea. People loved him for it. Then he started to indulge himself with these uh, imposing 40-minute, 30-minute sagas on these indie guys. Shawn Michaels, realistically, it's under-told his kind of egotistical influence on NXT and the melodrama that turned a lot of people off. Um, I don't know what he does. Did they give him SmackDown? I'll have a little one last go at that. thing is, it's everything cyclical. Maybe Triple H... Might not be down and out. People thought Johnny Lor- Johnny Laurinaitis was down and out in 2011. Nope, he's back, baby. <laughs> Maybe we could be recording. God hope I'm at this job for 10 years. Oh. By the time I live burying Triple H on these podcasts. <laughs> Maybe in 10 years, Big Paul will make his comeback. It'll feel like 100 because it's him working. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, what does he do? Does he... Road agent or creative... Um, what do you think he does? It's kind of untenable for him to do anything I, in a high-ranking power position at this a, point. There's a reason why I ask the questions and don't answer them, especially this one. I have absolutely no idea what he does next. Like you say, road agent, maybe some role in creative. Ambassador? Consultant? Oh, he's a tour guide at the uh, warehouse as well. <laughs> oh, he is? I know. I mean... It's such a spectacular fall from grace that I... I'm an empathetic guy. When I bury Triple H, it's because he's a multi-millionaire arsehole with a pretty rancid history of being a dickhead on television and off. I'm still an empathetic guy. A little bit of my heart goes out of the fella. I don't want to see anyone's dream crushed. This is a dream. 1999 is when he was first aligned with Stephen McMahon on television. And you know, it's how love blossoms. You put animals in a cage and they will breed. <laughs> and that's it, love blossom from there. So 1999 to 2021, like this has been his dream for 22 years. Good while it lasted. <laughs> I don't know what he does now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Well, you've sort of covered it there in the recap of Triple H, but in terms of why this has happened, in terms of why Vince has taken over NXT, like, do you foresee this happening if AEW wasn't a thing, for example? That's hard to... Well, if you take their word for it, NXT was always going to make the transition to uh, television. It was always in the plans for it to be a legitimate third brand, and it's all right, blah, 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 bollocks. AJ Styles, Mike Bennett... The club, maybe literally one other name that escapes me right now. Ronda Rousey, but of course, you're not going to stick her in NXT. Everyone signed from the Indies was dispatched to NXT because it was considered always internally a developmental organization. I would be the very first person to tell you that an Adam Cole did not need any support and training knew how to work, he was phenomenal at it, he knew how to cut a promo, he was phenomenal at it, he knew how to project his own star power, he was phenomenal at it, that doesn't change, that WWE thought, right, he needs to learn the playbook, stare at your hands for 20 minutes, I've lost my train of thought, <laughs> I'm having too much fun, <laughs> so the question, what was the question? Would this have happened if AEW wasn't a thing, basically? Would Vince have taken the reins over at NXT? I don't think NXT would have made it to telly, I legitimately don't, maybe... Uh, no, the deals for 2019 were struck in 2018. That they, they were renegotiated. You got your billion dollar SmackDown deal. You got your massive amounts of money for Raw on USA. There's no mention of NXT. Go to tell you why would it? It was their developmental organization that wasn't fit for purpose because Triple H. Not only was he not developing talent, but the talent he was not developing. Vince McMahon just wasn't going to enjoy and like. It's cruel. Triple H, this is so wrestling and it's so human. He pandered to the likes of you and me to give us a great wrestling product for Saturdays of the year. And we are now laughing at him for undermining his boss to make us happy. And we don't even like his boss. (laughs) Well, let's talk about him from... From Triple H to Vincent Kennedy McMahon, he and Bruce taking the reins over in NXT. What should we expect? We've seen the colourful logo. 
I mean, we're going to get a migraine-inducing, colourful LED nightmare. They're looking at that CWC and Vince McMahon is thinking, God damn it, this looks like Crocker Promotions. Like a soulless version of it, but in his head... Wrestling. Everything else like wrestling. It's all dark and dingy. Right, do the opposite of that. What's the opposite of that? Uh, make it look like heaven. Because <laughs> at the minute it looks like hell. Um, <laughs> Triple eight. Oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Not a compliment. Um... <laughs> I expect a return to the roots of uh, NXT is feel-good, quasi-developmental telly. Like, even Bailey and Sasha, uh, pretty extensive experience on the indie circuit. Not extensive, but, you know, you had to freaking work. Triple H didn't turn them into magic workers. I mean, I've got any idea? It's probably going to suck, Wilborn. <laughs> it's probably going to suck real bad. It's not going to suck real bad overnight. But we've seen the glimpses. They've probably, on those last tapings, have been given an edict. Who are your biggest lads? Uh, Rich Bloody Holland's big. Yeah, Duke Hudson's like six foot six. Feature them heavily. We've got plans for them. Wrap up all of the storylines. You're going to get big lads wrestling one another. Maybe they'll keep the better workers, and it's so sad because I'd like to see them succeed by, you know, the better workers, you know, some of the best wrestlers <laughs> in the world. Yes. One might even say some of the best wrestlers of all time, at least in the top 50, 100. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly, if you look at his body of work between PWG, ROH, NXT, he's one of the best tag wrestlers of all time, man. Get one of the better ones to make uh, Ridge Holland look strong. It's going to be a wackier, broader show. They only know how to write one show. I'm not being cynical here. No. It would be moronic for me to say anything other than it's going to look even more like NXT or Raw, uh, SmackDown or Raw than it has done for the past however many years at this point. We've seen loads of impromptu matches. We've seen loads of promo trains. Yep. Like It's not as if we're all in mourning that Triple H's great project this rough-around-the-edges, soulful, unscripted promo fire project's gone. It was way more like WWE's main roster than anyone ever wanted to admit ever until the formation of AEW made it look significantly less like that. It's not going to look that different, I don't think. They were still there talking. I remember you getting you know, apoplectic about this because people were like, see, see, look at the difference. It's, it's, the change is happening when Triple H was like, I gave this scripted promo to Matt Riddle, and he went, can I just try and do it my way? And he did it, and he nailed it, and we used that one instead. Everyone was like, see, it is changing. He was like, no, you missed the beginning of that sentence where he said, I gave him a scripted promo, yeah. and he had to actively go, no, I'll prove to you it's different. Yeah. Like, not everyone can have the confidence of a Matt Riddle or the safety net of a Matt Riddle. Well, Matt Riddle is an oblivious moron who doesn't give a sh who he offends. That would be funny. That's who the guy is. He's a yeah. very easygoing guy who knows his value and he's just, he just doesn't give a fuck. That's mm -hmm. part of it. It's just part of his personality. Like Johnny Gargano, who probably does have a little bit of influence over creative because he's quite funny. That's a bad example. And he's like, he's boozing buddies with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. But like, top of my head, like, then that's, Santa Escobar isn't going to go. I don't like that. Mm. It's the culture. People are scared there. They're terrified. It's going to be 
scripted promos, promo trains. These are all things that happened on NXT. But there'll be increased wackiness. There will be bigger, larger athletes in the months to come, not immediately. And it's probably going to suck. Which probably ruins your next question. Well, I might say that because I want to conclude. Well, before I get there, I, I, you know, we're not going to sit here and will anyone to leave, even if we think that them leaving may mean that they pop up in, in AEW or somewhere else. You know, uh, Impact Wrestling's doing great stuff at the moment. Like you say, Ring of Honor, MLW, like, the list goes on and on and on. But in terms of a, a shift in the roster, not just in terms of, like you say, prioritizing anyone over six foot, anyone under 30, let's say. I mean, the, the reports we've already heard today and, and, you know, subsequent to this being recorded and before it comes out, we could already have, you know, vast changes within NXT. But, yeah, are you concerned, like you say, that the change in the roster and how it will change? Not really, because I'd love to see Kyle O'Reilly in AEW. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, they've already said, it's not blanket, Cedric, what culture cynicism? Nick Khan was interviewed by Ariel Helwani, and he's literally said, yeah, we're not doing indie scene recruitment anymore. We want to build our own vision for what a WWE superstar looks like. We've we've done the indie thing for too many years. It's not really worked out for us, if I'm being honest. We're not doing it. So if you're a guy like a, a Champa, a Gargano, an O'Reilly, especially poor Kyle O'Reilly, who just simply hasn't clicked, you are probably worried at this point. Um, the sensible approach would make for the best TV, but in terms of actually building talent... Right. If they don't want to get indie talents who don't fit the aesthetic that they're after, who don't look larger than life and pass the airport test which they're after, that's fine. It's fine to recruit guys that you actively want to promote on TV. So I'd better to go full ass with people I don't think are that good in the ring rather than this half-assed, how drab is it to see Cedric Alexander go 50-50 on Raw? It's like, people don't believe in him. They don't believe in him. They don't let him wrestle how much he wants to do. He's not what they want, and they are telling you that, that they don't want that. By the way, he's booked and promoted and presented. I would rather they got a six-foot-six muscle beast and presented him and pushed him with conviction. Storylines made sense. There was continuity. There was a commitment to his push. Because they like him, even if I don't. And I'd prefer to watch a Cedric Alexander. The we, the wise move would be, right, Kyle O'Reilly, Gargano, Champa, you're great. You're super experienced. Work with these guys. Supplement their coaching and training by working them on the log or if that ever happens again. Working them on prelim NXT matches. I mean, I don't think Gargano, Champa, and O'Reilly would be happy with this, but if they're bound to a contract, that's what they'd have to do. Use the residue of the old NXT to give themselves half a chance of making this new NXT work because otherwise we saw what happened in Deep South Wrestling when you had an idiotic trainer train a load of rookies, very few of whom actually wanted to wrestle and had a passion and a knowledge of their craft. He's got the blind leading the blind. He'll get 
and the performance centre coaches. I don't know if they're that good. Get Doctor Get Doctor Tom Pritchard back. Oh yes, yeah, that should be. Get Doctor Tom back if you want to stand a chance of training guys who don't come from a wrestling background and making them good. The key thing, and was it the FCW documentary? Yeah, everyone was like, it was weird how that made air. There's so many things on the network, incidentally, that just shouldn't make air because they embarrassed WWE by making air. Oh yeah, yeah. FCW got like Biggie. Uh, Wyatt and Roman Reigns, who all, to varying degrees, got over and were good in the ring, to varying degrees. Who trained them? Dr. Tom Pritchard. Oh, what happened to him when he went to NXT? Oh, Triple H didn't like him. So I just can only forecast him. I can only forecast him. Final question. <laughs> and you know what's coming. Can Vincent Kennedy McMahon save NXT. I love how you've asked this question. We've reached uh, peak Willborn with this question. Oh, yeah. I pitched this to you in the office and you were like, you bloody love those sorts of questions. And I was like, mate, come on. Stick to what you know. To grab your attention. Um, no, it's the short answer. But again... And the long answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you how much it has been a drab experience watching WWE's main roster for the past two or three years when you'd hear reports of, oh, they're going to push Ricochet for three weeks. Oh, they're going to push Cedric Alexander for three weeks. Oh, they're going to push Buddy Murphy for three weeks. Oh, Alistair Black gets his turn for three weeks. You could tell by the way they were presented. Nice, moody, this one. It was so loveless, so totally loveless. And I think, personally, from the outside looking in, Vince McMahon's reached an epiphany where he's just looked at AEW... Don't like that. Not for me. And I hate anything here that reminds me of that. They're wrestling, we're not. I would much, much rather, and this extends to NXT as well, I would much rather Vince McMahon and his management team realized their vision, their vision, not something that defiant fans who they hate projected onto them. I would much rather they did the WWE they want to do than the WWE that we want them to do, because they will never do that, mm. ever. If you haven't learned that lesson by now, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, NXT, they don't want what the vocal, hardcore fan base has asked them to do since 2011. And that's where we're going back to. We are going back to 2010, 2011, the era before the pipe bomb. Muscle guys, Laurinaitis, Pritchard left in 2008, but you know what I mean? It's all around the same enough time frame. I don't think you can save NXT, but I don't think the current existing version of NXT, which is dead within, what, four weeks, three weeks? I don't think that could save itself anyway. For better or worse, you're at least going forward, going to see a version of WWE that Vince actually wants. This numb, apathetic, half-hearted rubbish was horrendous drab. I'd rather see something made with love, mm. even if it's crap, rather than something that's crap anyway and Vince hates. Yeah. So he's not going to save NXT. NXT is a devel developmental program. Under those parameters, you can't develop wrestling talent like that. The indies, the territories, that's what develops talent. FCW did well because Dr. Tom Pritchard was so great. OVW did well for a time because the people at the charge of its peak, were great at what they did. Deep South Wrestling failed dismally. 
OVW began to fail dismally. The FCW product, from what I watched of it in researching my book, wasn't great. All the way it was kind of done in the background. But NXT's dead, and I'll dance and piss on its grave. But you and I and Hamlet will have a hell of a time watching that first NXT, which I think is around September 14th, I want to say. I want to watch it live. I might, I might join you on that one because it's the new, you know, new look, new management, and there's a sodding wedding. Yeah. I mean, what, what a trifecta that is. By the way, very quickly, I often forget to mention this. If people want to read your book, what do they need to search for? It's called Development Hell. I would much rather you purchased the next project I'm working on. Okay. Development Hell is, in my opinion now, a naive, loving book that might not stand the test of time on the whole, but it's a nice snapshot to an era which is now formally dead. Mm. Let's put it that way. Intriguing to see what happens next, to say the least, with NXT. And we'll be with you every step of the journey along it. But let us know your thoughts on Vince McMahon taking over NXT. Never thought I'd say those words. At what culture? Actually, I did. Uh, at what culture? <laughs> WWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture? WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts, including for the time being, we'll keep doing it previews and reviews. Good luck, everyone, of NXT. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.